Hello, it's That Stack of Books. I'm Nancy Pearl along with Steve Scher and a table full of folks here to talk about the books we're reading this week. But you know what? I just wanted to start with two things. Actually, one thing I want to start with. Uh, remember when we did, we did a pun show, a pun and, and grammar show at the town hall a few weeks ago? Found some more. You did. How does the solar system hold up its trousers? With an asteroid belt. <laughs> what kinds of music do planets sing? Neptunes. To make that a very, very good pun, it should be what kind of tunes do planets sing? Yeah. Um, an astronaut broke the law of gravity and earned a suspended sentence. Ba-doom-boom. Boom. I don't get that, Steve. Well, he's broke the law of gravity, so he's suspended, suspended sentence. <laughs> there was a poor joke about infinity. It didn't have an ending. Puns. What am I going to What can I do? They're puns. All right, you, you were looking at news, book news. I was. So there's um, the, the short lists for two major book awards were announced uh, or recently. The first is the National Book Awards short list for the young adult novels. And you know, I'm, I know people are always looking, you know, what can you get like teen children or grandchildren? These are the three finalists for the National Book Award for the young adult division. Laura Ruby's Bone Gap, which I read and quite enjoyed. Neil Schusterman's Challenger Deep, which I have not read, but I'm looking forward to reading it. And Noelle Stevenson's graphic novel, Nimona, which I'm really looking forward to reading and will report on next time we meet. Is this the first time a graphic novel has been on the short list? No? Others? Yeah, I believe others, for sure. And the other uh, major award who uh, announced their short list is the Carnegie Award, which is um, uh, given, it's, it's given, the American Library Association gives um, the Carnegie Award, sponsored by the Carnegie Corporation, to the best work of fiction and the best work of nonfiction. I happen to be the chair of the committee again this year. So the three finalists, you'll recognize many of these books because I've talked about them. Um, the Sympathizer is one of the three finalists by Viet Thanh Nguyen, which I thought was, um, I have to say, was my favorite. Or my, the, I thought the most important book of the year, the book that mattered to me. A Little Life by Hana Yanagihara, which we have not talked about, um, but uh, it's well worth, it, well worth reading. And The Book of Aaron by Jim Shepard, which is um, a, a Holocaust novel. And uh, I have to say that um, all of us on the committee, the Carnegie Committee, were a little surprised that we came up with these three. The finalists were all these very heavy novels. There is not a light novel in this, in this grouping. The nonfiction, Sally Mann's Hold Still, her memoir about being a photographer, wonderful, wonderful book. H is for Hawk by Helen MacDonald. Um, uh, about grief and nature and writing, absolutely terrific, another terrific book. And um, a book, Steve, that you, I think, would really like, The Invention of Nature, Alexander von Humboldt's New World by uh, Andrea Wolf, W-U-L-F. And it's just a beautiful, a beautiful book about um, a man that we that most people know very, very little about. I certainly knew very little about him when I when I read this book, but it's great. These are a lot of books that, I mean, you maybe you talk, talk yeah. about them a little bit in various places, but I haven't heard 
very much about them. H is for Hawk, I've heard a little bit about, but this one by a, a Little Life, is it yeah, called? Yeah, A Little Life. I, I've never heard about that one. Well, it's a finalist for many, many awards and was um, kind of the odds-on favorite to, to win the Man Booker Prize, which it ended up not winning, but... Um, uh, but very highly regarded. Uh, there's, there's among the critics, critics either loved it or thought it was overwritten, overpraised. But you could say that about almost any big book. Well, I was because I asked you to come up with some book news. I thought I better come up with some book news myself. So, just by way of passing, I noticed that John Irving has his 14th novel coming out, Avenue of Mysteries. That man is, continues to be, a pro, well, he's a very prolific writer and, and very popular still, right? Yeah. Yes, yes, and he's um, a writer who told me when I interviewed him a few years ago that he always knows the last line of the book when he begins. <laughs> and, and remember how wonderful Garp, The World According to Garp was. That, that would be an interesting book to go back and reread now. Huh, huh. And also... Um, Peter Goralnik has written lots of great biographies of music, musicians over the years, and one of his first ones was Mystery Train, about Elvis. So he's got a brand new book coming out about the man who made Elvis, Sam Phillips, the man who invented rock and roll. So I'm looking forward to that, just because Goralnik is a great writer and, and a great storyteller. But then one other thing I was, I was just reading about books. This is the... Uh, the, the uh, department of be very careful in the modern world. Uh, a woman wrote a picture book called A Fine Dessert. And, and so some of you read this. So she, uh, wanted, she, she, she uh, depicted four children at different points in history making a Blackberry Fool. And one of her people was an enslaved person in the United States uh, making this fool, and then she and her mother ending up in a closet licking the, the bowl. And she had wanted to express her outrage over slavery that way. But now she's in trouble because some of the pictures have the girl smiling. Anyways, I thought that was just an interest, some interesting stories. And also that John Meacham's book about George, about Pappy, has been all over because he scolds, he scolds Junior a little bit, finally. People are happy about that. <laughs> I don't know where he was during the time, but he scolds Junior now. Uh, okay, have you been reading anything? I finished this wonderful science fiction novel um, called City of Stairs. It's by a man named Robert Jackson Bennett. I, I'm always so excited when I find an author that I haven't ever heard of um, and, and, and really enjoy one of their books because it opens up a lot of possibilities. City of Stairs is... Uh, um, if, to me, the best thing about City of Stairs is that it is entirely original. There is no, you know, with fantasy, Tolkien always comes in in some way, sneakily or not. This is totally, totally original. No, no, no hint of, of Tolkien at all. And it's the first, and I love Tolkien, but I want to make that clear. Just to be clear. Just to be clear. Um, the, uh, but it is of this, the first of a trilogy. It came out a few years ago. The second one is coming out early in, in 2016, so I'm eagerly waiting till 2016 to read it. Um, but it's, it, what he does so well in this book is world building, and he has invented this world um, where a, 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 big, a big 
a country called known as the continent has really risen to dominate the whole rest of the world. I mean, they're really sort of colonialists. They're, you know, they're the colonial power, and and they are ruled by, um, they have, they're ruled by a group of divinities, who have who are real, who, who have, you know, flesh and blood and walk among the people and tell them what to do. And, and at some point in the recent past, as the book opens, the, the continent was defeated by one of, the, one of the countries that they had subjugated. And many rules were passed, that, and the divinities were either killed or banished. And then one of the uh, historian from um, one of from the conquered country that became now the head of it. The, of the, 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 oh God, this is so hard to talk about. I, I, that's why I don't like plot so much. Um, anyway, it's really it, it's really a mystery. <laughs> it's it's a wonder. It's a very good mystery. The main character is um, a diplomat, a young woman who comes to find out who killed one of her um, fellow diplomats and historians, and she has a great one-eyed, huge um, bodyguard. Mm. I, I, I loved it. I'm, I described it very badly. Well, it's great that, that, that there's uh, so many uh, new books on the, on the table. What are you reading, Katie Sewell? I'm reading a book called O'Brien's Desk, which is a historical mystery about a judge in the early 1900s who um, is being blackmailed while he's running for a public office. And they're trying to figure out who's blackmailing him. How'd you come to that book? Uh, it is a book that I received for free that has been sitting on my bookshelf for about 10 years. I've moved it to at least three different homes. <laughs> and I finally decided I should read it. <laughs> so that's why. And it took me a while to get into it. I don't think it's an established author, and it might be the only book she ever did, but... But it's good now. It is good now. That would be a good topic because we all have those books, right? Those books we have carried with us and have yet to finish. And maybe that would be the impetus to finish it. You'd have to finish the book before we talked about it. What are you reading, Judy? Can I talk about what I just finished reading? No, there are rules. Please. <laughs> because it's an amazing book. I don't know if I can pronounce the author's name correctly because I don't know French, but how about Louis de Bernier, is that right? And it's called Bird Without Wings. And I just looked at the date of publication, it's now over 10 years old, which is amazing. And I read it because um, in one of my two book groups, um, a couple who came back recently from spending two years in Turkey um, asked the book group to read it, that was their choice. And I have to admit, it took me about 100 pages to really get into it, which I know does not you know, follow the Nancy Pearl, Pearl rule of when you should stop reading. But no, because- I, I don't think that you have to quit after 50 if you're not sure. All right. I think you're good. Okay, okay. Thank you for that clarification. But I continued because it was a book group book and I always read my book group books. And I am so happy I did because I truly think it's one of the best books I've read in the last decade, truly. 
and the Ottoman Empire was so important. Maybe the Middle East nowadays, but never the Ottoman Empire. So I learned a ton about that. One of the things that you learn about the Ottoman Empire, and that I think is the author, one of the author's main points, is how cosmopolitan it is, how intertwined all the groups are, and how that's so important to the way it functions in a healthy manner. And as soon as that sense of the importance of tolerance goes away, the whole thing falls apart. But that reminds me that Orhan, Orhan Kamuk has a new book out. He's the right. he's a Nobel Prize winner. He writes all about Turkey. Mm-hmm. Do you read him? I do read. Um, my, my name is Red. I read um, by him, which I which I really enjoyed. I just have to put in a strong <laughs> second um, for for uh, Birds Without Wings. It's it's a pretty amazing book, and it just um, hel- it just. It, it really is, as you know, it's 10 years old, it's set now more than a century ago, but it, it, it gives us context for where we are today, and, and, and that's so valuable. It's such a wonderful, wonderful book. I'm so glad you brought it in. Oh, I just wanted to mention, uh, this is Robin, and I wanted to mention uh, Dr. Muter's Marbles, which is a biography of uh, a physician and surgeon who lived in Philadelphia from 1811 to 1859. So uh, it was written by Kristen O'Keefe Aptowitz, A-P-T-O-W-I-C-Z, and she came out of the poetry slam movement, wrote a history of the poetry slams, but she loved Dr. Muter. She uh, grew up in Philadelphia, and and he's most remembered for this collection of medical uh, pathological specimens, the Muter Museum in Philadelphia, which is probably one of the most uh, amazing uh, collections of medical curiosities in the world. But it turns out Muter was really ahead of his time. He specialized in plastic surgery, and he wanted to help the hard cases. So he did a lot of work with people who had burn injuries on their faces and uh, cleft palates and, and birth deformities and that sort of thing. He probably didn't get the attention he deserved because the rush of history with the Civil War, he died in 18. 18- 59 began setting up the physician the the uh, museum just a little bit before that. I'm Bob and uh, I'm reading a book called Nonsense: The Power of Not Knowing by a young man named Jamie Holmes. And I think I saw this in the New York Times book review and it's basically how to deal with ambiguity. <clears throat> and he talks about how people are so conditioned to not tolerate ambiguity to if you're in an ambiguous situation to to quick get out of it somehow your defenses you people don't like ambiguity and yet it's all around us so i'm enjoying it because i am somebody who always believed in the power of knowing Mm -hmm. and the power of not knowing is something very interesting because there's a lot more that I don't know than I do know. I'm Peg. This is the first time I've come to something like this, and I usually don't go to book clubs, so this is a real change for me. But I've been enjoying the short stories of uh, Isabella Allende. The book is titled The Stories of Eva Luna, and it's told like Jaharazad's stories. So it opens with that kind of flavor. And the best thing for me is that I've used this for road trips. uh, I've gone on several road trips in the last couple weeks, and I bring the book along, and I read out loud 
to share with either my husband or other friends of mine that are in the car with me. And the time goes so fast, and the book comes alive in a very different way by reading it out loud. And so it's been, I've been reclaiming the joy of reading out loud. One of the mistakes I think we make when we are talking about uh, encouraging kids uh, to continue reading is that w is that many parents read to their children until the children themselves learn to read and then they stop that. But, but I think one of the most valuable things is a kind of family hour of, or half an hour, whatever, of, of reading out loud long after the kids know how to read. It is, I think, um, a wonderful way to encourage reading. And it, it does, in, in many ways, bring the, it's a sharing experience. I mean, it's a wonderful kind of thing that we don't, um, I think, encourage quite enough. Yeah, that's a great idea, but it's the modern times, Nancy. So why don't we just read, like, we'll just read a few tweets to each other. <laughs> it's great to share. You know, this has been a remarkable week. You reminded me, Isabel Allende was in town, Gloria Steinem was in town, Simon Winchester was in town. Or hand oh, Pam. Yeah. And, and I interviewed and read the book by Stacey Schiff, The Witches, which was about the Salem trials. And I thought that was a great book because she delved into the, the culture and the society and the politics of what was happening and what it was happening at that time that you could induce mass hysteria and how the oppression of adolescents, women, and people who were enslaved pushed that hysteria to the forefront because it was the only way those people could assert themselves. So that was, that was a great book. Yeah, she's a great writer, uh, Stacy Schiff. And, and the witches, certainly, the one that I still think is my favorite is her biography of Vera Nabokov. Uh, Vladimir Nabokov's wife. It's a terrific, terrific biography. And um, I, I became a fan the minute that I read that and then went back and read her, her biography of um, Antoine de Saint-Exupéry, which is also just wonderful. And, um, and yeah, she's great. Actually, you know, what you might want to do is go back having read The Witches, which I'm really eager to get to, and read uh, House of the Seven Gables again. And you'll see some of the ulterior motives that the townspeople had in, uh, in condemning some of these witches whose property they really wanted to have. Yeah. So yeah. it was very interesting. What I, what I finished uh, about a week ago and really enjoyed and was very surprised about, because the book has been sitting on the bookcase since we bought it on a trip about two years ago, was The Bully Pulpit by Doris Kearns Goodwin, and, and, um, which is about uh, uh, T.R. Teddy Roosevelt and, and uh, Taft and their, their friendship. And also, particularly what I was fascinated with is how um, Roosevelt uh, became very involved and interested in the journalists of the day who were the, who were the, uh, the bully pulpit that he was able to use. It was really fun to go back and see how a hundred years ago, the same topics that we're talking about today on a regular basis were the, you know, the talk of, of uh, just about everybody who read. Really interesting book. 
I think we need to give Katie an assignment for 2016 because um, I just keep thinking about the autobiography of Ben Franklin and how much you enjoyed that. Yeah. So I think now you should read um, Lincoln Steffen's autobiography oh. and see what you think. Okay. Okay? Like 200 years later. All right. <laughs> Hundred years, hundred years later. I was thinking I should read The Witches because I'm related to one of the judges from the Salem Witch Trials. Oh. <laughs> well, that might be too dispiriting. I, I think Lincoln Steffens would be would be good. Well, just to that, you know, Samuel Sewell is the only one who comes out even looking okay. I know at least he, he apologizes was the redeemed. Later. Yeah. yeah, we take great pride in that. <laughs> who else got a book they want to share? I just read Our Souls at Night by Kent Haruf, the author of Plain Song, and the novel takes place in the same town, small town in Colorado, and it was recommended to me by an older friend as a tender story, and it is just that. It's a, a short, tender story about a widow who approaches a widower in her neighborhood and invites him to come spend the night with her. What's really fitting is that that was Kent Haruf's last book. He died after that. And this book is, um, spoke to me as an older person um, about the end of our lives and what happens to our souls and our spirits and how we strive to connect with each other. Uh, we're going to be back at Town Hall. When are we going to be back at Town Hall? December 13th. December 13th. All right, so, so we, but we don't know what we're talking about, sort of yet. Do you have any, do you want to put well, out? Well, I was thinking that we should at least give some recommendations for what to buy people for the holidays. Well, that's always fun. Yeah, yeah you could yeah. describe who you're trying to shop for, and maybe Nancy could give us some ideas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Within books. Yeah, Within right, the book, yeah. Right. I think a rotisserie, an open hearth rotisserie. <laughs> that's what you should get. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, but we're going to be back here December 1st. So we look forward to seeing you. We live a life of books. Thank you. Thank you all. <laughs>